Welcome back to Crest in the Afternoon. Tom Nash filling in for Al today. St. Irenaeus of Lyon, you may know of him by his great work against the heresies. He is now up to being named a doctor of the church. And here to talk about that is Father John Cush, a priest of the Diocese of Brooklyn, New York, currently serves as the academic dean at the Pontifical North American College in Rome. Also, he holds a doctorate in sacred theology from the Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome and is the author of the How-To Book of Catholic Theology. Father, thank you so much for coming on the program. My gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased to speak to you about one of my very favorite fathers of the Church and one of my favorite saints, St. Irenaeus. Give us a little background on St. Irenaeus for those who don't know him. Oh, certainly. Well, St. Irenaeus is absolutely fascinating because he is our connection between the what we call the, um, the apostles and the apostolic fathers, because he is right at the very, very beginning of uh, where we are. You know, so it's important to remember that he is no obscure saint. Even though his name we may not know, and there's not many churches in at least the United States named after him, but he's born around the year 120 A.D., and we believe that he spoke Greek, and he would have been born somewhere around what's now known as Asia Minor. And here's what's really beautiful. He was a student of St. Polycarp of Smyrna, Mm. And say Polycarp would have died would have died in one fifty five, and what's really great is that Saint Polycarp was the disciple of the beloved disciple Saint John Saint the Evangelist, John. yeah, right, and that's the last apostle to die, and in fact that he is the only apostle who did not die a martyr's death. He had he had entered into eternal life while in exile in Isla Patmos. White and martyr of, of course, sorts, huh? Right, of course, and that's where we believe that St. John the Beloved, St. John the, the uh, Evangelist, the Apostle, would have written um, the book of Revelation. And Irenaeus would have been kind of the grandson of St. John in many ways, if you mm. could extend the analogy, because you, have, you go from St. John the Evangelist to St. Polycarp of Smyrna, whose feast day is the 23rd mm-hmm. of February, to St. Irenaeus. And one of the reasons I have such a devotion to St. Irenaeus is because many years ago, that was the date of my first Mass. Ah. I was ordained on the 27th, which is the feast day of, uh, of uh, St. Um, Cyril of Alexandria, and also Our Lady of Perpetual Help. But the day that I offered my very first Mass, uh, the 28th, would have been St. Irenaeus of Lyon, of Lyons. And I'm so excited any time I get to talk about this great saint whom I have such a beautiful devotion to. And honestly, what's great about him is that Irenaeus... um, uh, was known um, by many Christian thinkers. He preached the faith in modern-day Europe, in France, in fact. Yes, okay. Leon. And then he, in the region of Gaul, and then he attempted to uh, assist a, a local bishop whose name was St. Pothinus, and then he witnessed the martyrdom of St. Pothinus in 177 AD. So this is so early on in our Church. Just think about this. I hope our listeners are really thinking about how early on this is compared to some of our other martyrs. And then he became the bishop, and he led his Christian community 
always persecuted and always under the threat of martyrdom. And what's so great about Irenaeus, mm. and I know I'm gushing about him, but Irenaeus was a martyr and a doctor, please God, when the Holy Father says yes. But remember, as a father of the Church, he wasn't an academic theologian. Like what I do, my job is to be an academic theologian. I teach classes, I have a doctorate, I try to write articles and books. Mm-hmm. But he had to preach to people. He's a practical theologian. He's addressing as a local shepherd of souls, as a bishop, the real needs of his flock, which had been given to him by the Lord's providence. Yes. And that's where that wonderful book, Against the Heretics and Versus Heresies, which probably was written over a 15 years period, uh, 174 to 189 AD, he begins to really go into what, um, what it's all about. And a very obviously intelligent man to come up with such a great work as Against the Heresies, which leads me in my next question about what exactly is a spiritual doctor? What qualifies one to become that? Oh, thank you for asking me that, because that's really an important uh, role. What There's really three basic things that um, one needs to look to to being a doctorate. Because as we said before, like a doctor of the Church doesn't necessarily need to be um, someone um, who is a, a, a martyr or anything like that. But we've never made a martyr a doctor of the Church. So basically there's three things that our Holy Church says that we need to be martyrs, three conditions. And I'm going to give it to first in Latin and then in English. Eminence doctrina, which means eminent teaching. Insignia vitae sanctitas, which means the sign of great holiness. And ecclesiae ecclesiae declaration, which means the declaration of the Church. So Great teaching, eminent teaching, great holiness, and the declaration of the Church. And of course, this doctor of the Church, please God, or the Holy Father declares, this father of the Church, this martyr, and I please uh, pray to, to God that we'll still wear red, because he is a martyr mm. on his feast day, is in uh, the first martyr to ever be named a doctor of the Church. This is so exciting, especially seeing how, to our, how our American bishops have really been part of getting him named, a petition to having him named a doctor of the Church. It seems in some ways that the because of what we've seen in Latter-day America, the world in general, the West uh, in particular overall, that this Gnosticism that he would go against, and Gnosticism includes, among other things, uh, downplaying or, or an opposition to the body, you know, like the, the spirit is good, the body is bad. Right. And in our, sadly, and we've always got to be compassionate when dealing with these things, but when we have issues of whether the body isn't important in the whole gender ideology, which our Holy Father has talked mm-hmm. about, now more than ever, it seems very timely to have St. Irenaeus so that people might be reacquainted with him. Absolutely, because I think part of the thing that we can learn many things from St. Irenaeus. One, of course, is to look towards um, Irenaeus in terms of the Eucharist. Mm. Because part of it becomes, uh, comes down to there are a lot of people that in Irenaeus' day who are Gnostic, and the body, as far as the Gnostics were concerned, 
wasn't really important. So the in, denying there. the incarnation, like docetism, which is right. ironic, a brief uh, side point, but, but a relevant one, is that people say, oh, you didn't come up, the Catholic Church didn't come up with until the Council of Nicaea in 325, that, 325 mm-hmm. AD that Jesus is God. It's like, well, wait a second, docetism affirmed his divinity, but <laughs> denied his humanity. So it's been the affirmation of his divinity goes back to the church. Uh, right, and so the point being, of course, that as you're saying that, yes, the body matters because Jesus did suffer and die for us, and that's what makes the Eucharist possible as well. And that's why His body is truly present. Yes, and if I can just quote something from the fr- the fifth book of Saint Irenaeus, and please, I hope our readers know how much I love Saint Irenaeus, and I really encourage them to go out, and it's all available on some newadvent.org mm. and so many other great websites. His great writings. This is what he says concerning the real presence of Christ found in the Eucharist. So this is our beloved Saint Irenaeus. Mm-hmm. Just as cutting from a vine planted in the church bears fruit in due season, and a grain of wheat falling on the ground therein dissolves and rises again with large increase by the Spirit of God, who sustains all things, and thereafter, by the wisdom of God, becomes fit for man's food, and at last receives the Word of God, becomes a Eucharist, which is Christ's body and blood, so to our bodies, nourished by the Eucharist, and laid in the earth there to suffer dissolution, will in due season rise again. And that is um, from St. Irenaeus, Book 5, Against the Heresies. And the connection to the idea that even the early Church, that they truly believed the words of his mentor, his, if you will, grandfather, St. John. Who has the great... That, uh... Bread of Life Discourse, John 6. Right, he eats my bread, uh, eats my body, and drinks my blood, will live forever. And I think that's so important that we realize how great that Irenaeus is. And another thing that Irenaeus can help us with is the understanding of loving our Holy Father, mm. and understanding um, the tradition of the Apostles. You know, and I think that's something today... Um, to understand what uh, uh, what tradition means for the church, so he is very very good. And you you had mentioned before the idea of Gnosticism. Yes. And Irenaeus fought against so many different versions of Gnosticism, and the ultimate idea was the spirit matters, the body doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm very simplifying this. No, but, but the, those are the basics. Yeah, we are really at this age right now, where what we think, what we feel in our body. Uh, our body doesn't matter. It's just what we think. And here it is the thing, the body matters, because our Lord Jesus Christ took flesh. Our Lord, our God, our Savior became our brother in our flesh. He assumed human flesh, so he is one divine person in two natures, fully God, fully divine, and fully human. And our flesh matters. And don't we profess that every single creed that we take on a Sunday or a solemnity, when we actually say that prayer? And that's what matters. Irenaeus is similar to us. the body matters. All these things. And that's why the bishops of today really want Irenaeus to be declared a doctor of the Church, to talk about the reality of 
the bodily incarnation of our Lord. And that great book, Adversus Heresies Against the Heretics, really matters. And I encourage our listeners right now to really go... Um, it's not that difficult. Remember, these fathers of the Church are writing towards us. They're writing towards us because um, they're writing to their parishioners. It's not complex theology. So go and read Irenaeus. He's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Father, thank you so much for being on with us today. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, with the whole Eucharistic revival coming up, the whole timeliness of St. Irenaeus and his teaching on the Eucharist seems all the more uh, timely that he's being, uh, going to be declared shortly as a doctor of the Church. How can people uh, stay in touch with you, Father? Just follow you on the tablet and also the register? Yes, I, I'm on a, a number of things. So I'm on the, um, the uh, I write um, occasionally for the Brooklyn Tablet, which is my diocesanewsletter.org, as well as the Evangelist, which is Diocese Albany, National Catholic Register, uh, I, uh, which is uh, a wonderful organization to. Uh, Thank you so much, Father. Really appreciate that.